This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to the episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, I'm going to give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. And, and, I'm going to give you an update on what happened at this week's Tag Team Challenge. Okay, tip number one. It is a, uh, maybe it's a nutrition tip. Maybe it's a productivity tip. Maybe it's both. It's probably a nutrition tip that'll make you more productive. But, if you're out and having a good time and eating and probably drinking, my recommendation to you is to stay at one place. Don't leave and then go to a second place when you're done with the place that you're at. So a good example of this is you're out. Maybe you're out having a nice brunch with your wife and her friends. Maybe this is a true story. Maybe it isn't. You have a great meal. You're full. Oh, my God. I can't eat another thing. All right, let's go somewhere else. No, don't go somewhere else. When you go somewhere else, you start the entire process all over again. When you're full and you can't eat another thing, your body's telling you, no mas, you've had enough. But when you change environments and when you change whatever it was that you were eating or drinking, you basically start the process over again. In fact, this is a trick that people that go into eating competitions do. It was on man versus food. This dude was eating ice cream and couldn't eat any more. And they said, give me a french fry. What? Just give me a french fry. They give him a french fry, boom, he eats that and he's able to go right back to ice cream. So, you're basically just extending this process further than it should have went. So again, if you're out having a good time, it's over. The party's over. Don't let today ruin tomorrow. Stay in one place. Maybe it happened this weekend to me. Maybe it didn't. Uh, I don't know. In fact, now nah, I want to get into it. All right. That's a whole other podcast that I'll never make. All right. Tip number two, something that I am experimenting with. It's out. Uh, I think we talked about this on an earlier podcast. We were experimenting with working on our shin angles and our hip mobility and our foot strength by getting into a bear crawl position. Maybe holding it, moving it around a little bit, but really just working on getting my shin parallel to the ground. That's going to help with my acceleration. It's going to help with my cutting. It's going to help with me doing my low handles on the prowlers. Anyway, something I experimented with this weekend, it's pretty sick, and it really hit it a, a whole other part of your body. <laughs> Maybe your soul is... A single leg bear crawl hold. I felt things like popping, snapping. Felt my soul pop out of my body, then jump back in. It's a single leg bear crawl hold. Uh, At guys, we're going to be doing this as one of our one of our little segments during next weekend's workout. Okay, tip number three: a quote that I am thinking about. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. That's by Epictetus. I'll say it again: if you want to improve. Be content to be thought foolish and stupid. And uh, I'm sure a couple of years ago, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, everybody thought Bill Belichick was a fool for going on, for, going on, for, going forward on fourth down. 
Now it's just like a common thing where people trying to go for it on two. And I'm sure people thought the Eagles were fools with this quarterback sneak. And now you watch. People are starting to do a little more. It's going to be a commonplace thing unless they uh, ban it in the rule book, which they probably won't for your little precious fantasy points, all you fantasy football people out there, all you offensive-minded people. I'm sure they, they'll just keep it in, but it's an unstoppable move. They probably thought they were stupid but it's actually quite brilliant. So again, if you want to be improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. Okay, tip number four, something I'm watching that's moving me. Moving me. I'm only one episode in. It's on Netflix. I'm only one episode in, and it's called uh, Physical 100. And it's, it's kind of like a combination of Squid Games meets, I don't know, American Gladiator meets The Challenge. Again, I'm only one episode in, but it's sick. There's like people from... All walks of life. I think it's based in Korea. I think there are, most of them are Koreans, like on the Olympic team, uh, bot- bodybuilders, powerlifters, gymnastics people. Like it's, it's like the best of the best. These people are all chiseled, men, women. It doesn't matter. They're putting these hundred people against each other, and I love it. I, it's, <laughs> I think they, they have people in a the room. They don't even see who the host is. Again, it's like Squid Games because they don't know what's going on. They have no clue. They just step in. They're jacked up. They know they're competing, but they don't know for what. They don't know what the consequences are. And the first episode starts with everybody just hanging from a bar and who can hang the longest. And, hey, it's been done in advanced training quite a few times. How long can you hang? Again, I'll go back to that quote. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. Yeah, we did that challenge. People thought it was dumb. Now it's on a TV show that's sick. Anyway, The Physical 100, can't wait to watch more of it. I'll be commenting on that probably time and again on this podcast. Okay, tip number five. It's a, it's a productivity tip. So one of the things I told you about is that what I do is when I read a book, I go back and I take notes on that book. And one of those productivity tips was that I don't take notes right away. I'll read the book. I'll wait about a month. Maybe I'll wait two months. Then I'll take notes on it because I truly believe that you're a different person every time you read a book or go through a book, and maybe different things will hit you a different way. But my tip within this tip, so that wasn't even the productivity tip. The productivity tip is if you truly love a book, on my bookshelf, I'm looking at it right now. I got like tiers. I got looking at five shelves on my bookshelf. The top tier are the best of the best books. Like These are the books that I love more than I They're my go-to. My house is on fire. I grab my dog. I grab these books. I'm out. Right? Those are the things that I care about the most. If you truly love a book, what I would tell you to do is don't go take notes on the entire book in one day. What I did, I just had a book. I'm not going to tell you what it was. I'm just keeping this one a secret. I went through and I wrote one on one chapter a day I took notes. And then I reflected on it, and then I tried to act on it. Because what good is all this information if you don't do anything with it? And I did it uh, for 48 straight days. I actually did it. Maybe that's a clue to what the book is. That's the only clue I'll give you. But I did it for 48 straight days. The only days I did not do it went on a family vacation. I did not bring my laptop, and I did not want to bring my laptop. I was a little bit worried about it, so I took like those four days off. But aside from that, every day I did it for 48 days took notes on every chapter of that book one day at a time and tried to reflect on it, tried to act on it. So again, uh, if you take notes on your books, go back and reflect. Okay, and take the one chapter at a time. Don't just do it to do it. Don't just do it as an activity. Do it as something that you're actually going to take action on. All right, tip number six. Craziest thing I saw all week was uh, Joe Derrida sent us a picture from the field we train at. Now, the field we train at, Owl Howell Field, it is a, a park they built. And as you look over the park, there is this beautiful vision of the uh, Fresh Kills Landfill. Yes, the biggest garbage dump in the entire world. 
when I was in college in 1996. They said, there's only two things visible from space. One is the Great Wall of China, and the other is what? Guess what? And I had, I had no clue. I was ignorant. It was, yes, the garbage dump in Staten Island, New York. Anyway, as you're training, you get to see this beautiful, glorious garbage dump. Anyway, Joe Derrida is on the field. We train early, 6.30 in the morning. It's winter. It's still dark. People, other people, Joe Derrida, he's an older guy like me. He likes to get the cobwebs out before the session. He goes out before the session. He loosens up. He mobilizes, mobilizes right? He's got to shake the concrete off like I do. Uh, and he's out there warming up. And the other guys are sitting in their car. It's a little cold. Uh, a good hack is to stay in your car as long as possible in those super cold mornings. And they have their lights shining on the field. And he takes a picture. And this dump, I'll call it a dump, it looked like Emerald City. You would never believe that this field <laughs> looked like, was an actual on a garbage dump. Their lights somehow sh shined, so that's probably the right word, shined off the field with this g glimmer, this emerald glitter that came up, and it actually looked glorious. So, the message in the messages here is, don't believe anything you see on Instagram, because all this stuff, it's just fake. If somebody showed you that picture of that dump, you'd think, oh my god, this is a glorious, magnificent place where these people train. Where do they go? Yeah. Uh, we're training next to the largest landfill in the world. Okay. We're going to take a quick, slight detour before we get into our challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm completely and totally borrowing this from Les Spellman. I'm not doing it all the way, but I'm completely and totally borrowing it. So Les Spellman, he's like the up-and-coming speed rock star. And when he gives a podcast, he said, I don't go through all the traditional stuff. I don't talk about my, my background for six years and bore the audience. What he does, he talks about a, a hero, a highlight, and a hardship. Well, I'm going to talk about, I don't, I'm not going to talk about a hero, but I'm going to talk about a, a highlight and then a hardship. So a highlight for me, for me, is that I was able to pull on my dumbbell bent over rows 170 pounds with my bamboo stick of a dumbbell. Yes, I've talked about it before. I have a dumbbell where you make your own weight. You have to like actually apply real weight. So imagine the weights that you have at a gym. Not dumbbells, like your actual plates you put on a barbell. I put them on my dumbbell. It's awkward. The dumbbell's long. It's not easy to do. Anyway, I put it on. Not, I put on 170. And for me, with my little small, I have small hands. Big feet, small hands. I have no idea why that, that my life was working out that way. Uh, so small hands that are some of the some of my fingers are mangled from playing college football, being trying to hit everything we did when I was a linebacker was hitting with your hands. There was no shoulder, there was nothing. Yet everything we did was you have to engage the lineman with your hands, pick them, and throw them one way or the other with your hands. You have to be extremely jacked up to do this. And I was five foot nine on a good day with. With high heels and uh, about 195, 200 pounds, trying to do this to at the time. Not not kidding. Go check the uh, the roster for my Columbia football team during practice. People playing against 300 pound linemen. So every day, it's not just on Saturdays. It's th every day trying to throw linemen. Anyway, my hands are all beat up from this, and for me to do that, that's a big win. And again, this is not a brag, but it's kind of a hopefully there's a message in here. Is one you don't stop doing stuff, and two, my hope is is that that movement will carry over to things that I really care about. Who cares about how much you could bent over row? But what I do care about is a little bit. Maybe this is a little uh, stupid, but I care about deadlifting more, so I want to be able to lift more weight. I care about doing that farmer's walk better so I can compete with the likes of Carpentaria and Joe Marechko as they're doing their, their walks with the farmer's walk. And I care about 
just having good grip strength in life, you know, like even just opening up a jar. That's a big deal for the rest of my life. I want to be able to do that. Or you never know. I might be put on the physical 100 and have to hang from a bar. Now, I know these are all different types of grip strength. There's turning, there's crushing, there's hanging, whatever. I want my hand to be as strong as possible in any capacity as possible. So that was my, my highlight of the week. My hardship of the week was that uh, we do our running during the workout. And part of the run was, if you've ever heard of a flying 10, a flying 10 is you start slow and you jog. And you jog a little faster and you jog a little faster and you jog a little faster until you get to full speed and you sprint for 10 yards. So you're basically building up full speed and you sprint for 10 yards. We did a modified version of this where we did it in a loop. So we kind of went on that quarter of a circle. We jog, we jog, we jog. We hit a line and then boom, we sprint for 15 yards. So this was not a flying 10. Uh, it was a flying 15, but the buildup wasn't as long. So you're never really going to hit top end speed. Anyway, I did have my GPS on because I, we did our workout. I wanted to see how fast I was going to go. I do it, and a few guys said to me, Coach, you look fast, man. This is great. And I like walking around my chest big. I'm feeling all good. Man, I want to be – this is my goal. I want to be fast. Right? I want to be fast. This is what I want to do. So – that's why I want to have good grip strength, so I can deadlift more, so I can hope- hopefully translates over, translates over into my speed. Anyway, I go home, I pop the GPS in, and boy, am I slow. <laughs> it is awful, uh, and I know comparison steals happiness, but I'm looking at times that Spellman is publishing of his 17 or even 15-year-old kids. They're in like 20, 21 miles an hour. I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to get vulnerable with the audience. 15.6 miles an hour pathetically slow. Now, granted, I know the, the buildup was minimal to get to this point, and uh, it's, it's really pathetic. I'm, go- I'm going to make this better. There's two ways to look at this. Say it's pathetic, put your head in a hole, or say it's pathetic and get better. And, th- and there was some variables. It wasn't a full buildup. Uh, I had four shirts on, sweatpants. I'm sure this is not optimal. I have zero shoes. Whatever! And I'm going to make that number better. But uh, thank you for the guys that were probably lying to me, or... I don't know, maybe I had a couple too many drinks the night before thinking I look fast because 15.6 miles an hour is nothing but pathetic. But it's going to get better. It will, I promise you. There's going to be another podcast where I have better than 15.6 miles an hour on that same exact flying 15. Okay, we're going to get into this weekend's tag team challenge. So uh, let me get into this. The, <laughs> the, we have two teams. They're both teams of 10. Maybe one team has 11, one team has 10. One team is called Bear Island, Pete Baraji's team. I don't know why he calls it Bear Island. I know the reference of Bear Island has to do with Game of Thrones with Lady Mormont, and they called it Bear Island, and she was nothing short of a badass. She was tough. She was gritty. She didn't back down from anybody. She backed Jon Snow as the king of the north. I loved it, right? I loved the show. I loved her. Everybody loved her, I think. Everybody I know. So this team names themselves Bear Island, and Bear Island had a very convincing victory in week one. But... And this week, Bear Island. I don't know if they went to Bear Island all together to have some sick party because uh, Bear Island had only five guys at this training session. Five guys who were all pretty good at what was part of the challenge. And I knew that Bear Island was going to get smoked. I hate to make predictions uh, before this happens. And I I just knew it was going to happen. Why did I know it was going to happen? One, because I knew the challenge. And two, I knew the guys who weren't going to be at the challenge. They were good at what was going to happen in the challenge. And three, the challenge had a certain amount of lengths that had to happen. So the less guys you had, the more of them had to go more than once. And after you go the first time, you're going to be shot to go the second time. So what was the challenge? The challenge was, imagine a box, 30 yards by 30 yards by 30 yards. 
you start with your feet on a slider, and you slider 30 yards. Well, you hit the 30-yard mark, you get up, and you sprint as fast as you possibly can to the, the next corner of that box. So you're going straight, then you sprint at a 90-degree angle to the next corner of that box where there's someone else on your team waiting with their feet on sliders, and they're going to slide at 30 yards, and they're going to go all the way back to another cone, and they're going to get up and sprint as fast as possible at a 90-degree angle to the next person waiting on a slider, who then that would complete a box. So two people complete a box. You're in a box. You make one person makes basically an L. The next person makes an L. You complete the box. That is one full cycle. Now the rules of this tag team match were you had to make four full boxes. Four full boxes. Each person who goes, each length, was a half of a box. So that is eight cycles, right? So it's four full boxes, but it's eight lengths combined because each person's, each group, sorry, each box is only done half at a time. So Bear Island, they're in trouble because they have five people. That means three of them have to go twice. And most of their uh, guys who are really good at sliders are on Bear Island having some sort of sick party that I wasn't invited to. All right? So, but Bear Island won last week. They have the belt, and I'm going to take a quick sidetrack here. And Jimmy Yuski, sorry, buddy. He's on this team. He showed up. He's also very good at sliders, by the way. But Pete Baraji, he was holding the belt. They won last week. He had the belt. If you remember the Thanksgiving screwjob, this is like the 10th week in a row we've talked about the Thanksgiving screwjob. I penalized Jimmy Yuski's team because he did not bring the Thanksgiving trophy to Thanksgiving. So I was being a good guy, and I reminded Pete Baraji or somebody that, hey, uh, I wonder what's gonna, who's going to have the belt because I know Pete Baraji has it, and he's going to Bear Island for the weekend and is going to miss the training session. So Yuski texts me that it's, I think he said, like, boiling his blood that they have to go on a manhunt looking for this belt. And why don't I, me, Coach Mahoney, why don't I just keep it in my car? I'll tell you one thing, Jimmy Yuski. There's enough things that I have to bring to every training session. And what I do, Brian Weintraub, a little message for you as well, is I leave everything that I can in front of my door the night before training. Or I make a list and I check off. Do I have this, this, this? I got to bring the toys. I got to bring paperwork. I got to bring... Uh, money in the bank belt. I got to bring a stop. I got to bring a bunch of things to training. The last thing that I need to think about is your team's belt. So show a little accountability, Bear Island or whoever has the belt and bring the belt. Also, it's a matter. It, it's kind of the point of this thing, right? Like you want to walk around when you win. You want to be able to take home the belt. Show it to your girlfriend. Show it to your wife. Show it to whoever. Brag about it a little bit, right? That is kind of the point. When you win, you get that hardware. But now, it's a blessing and a curse because now you've got to take care of that belt, just like life, right? You want that promotion at that job, but now you got more work. You want that promotion at that job, but now everybody wants your job and they resent you for it, right? So this is like, oh, it's all part of the same thing. It's a blessing and a curse. So you get the belt. You bring the belt, not me. I got enough stuff to bring Jimmy Yuski. Not my problem. And trust me, guys, when I forget something, nothing has ever made you more happier in life than when Coach Mahoney forgets to bring a weight or a pole or something like that to a training session because it happens. Nobody's perfect. I forget stuff too, but take some personal accountability. Anyway, so they have to go on this manhunt. They do get the belt. I believe that Billy Blanco went to his house. And uh, Billy Blanco, again, I've said this before. I, tr I would trust Billy Blanco in my life. Baraji opens the door for him, lets him in the house, lets him get the belt. Uh, Billy Blanco's the type of guy you let in your house. Billy Blanco's the type of guy I'd let do, uh, let him 
I had kids, watch my kids. I let them watch my dog because I trust Billy Blanco. So Billy Blanco brings the belt. They do not get penalized. Anyway, I digressed a little bit, but it's part. It's important for you guys to know the culture or the stories behind the tr- stories of what's going on with advanced training. So Bear Island, they win the last week. They get to choose if they want to go first or second. So they choose that they want to go second. The other team, they have seven people. Uh, many of them who are awesome at sliders. <laughs> like, I-, I hate to predict it before it's going to happen, but I knew that the Joe Moretz goes, who's the captain of the other team, I knew they were going to kill the other team. I knew it. You got too many guys who are just great at sliders. Uh, so they go, and they only have seven guys. But again, we have to complete that box four times. Two guys t- touch each box, so that's eight eight reps. One of them has to go twice. So they pick Cortese to go twice. Cortese is he's the man. Uh, he's one of the best ever at sliders. So they pick him to go twice, and they finish in two minutes and 29 seconds. So they go first. They finish two minutes and 29 seconds. Bang! And then Bear Island goes. And it's uh, nothing short of a disaster. I mean, like, it was painful to watch. <laughs> I, I, At some point I, in their third round, I knew it was over. Like, I knew it might have been the second round that it was over. Anyway, they go and they finish in like three minutes and 37 seconds. It's a full minute later. Like, imagine if I just paused this podcast for a minute and said nothing. That's a long time. I'll pause for five seconds. There you go. That felt like a lot of dead air. But imagine now a full minute. That's how much longer the other team took to go. And this is important. So they lose. And one of those people to go twice was Billy Blanco. I think Billy Blanco might have been the last guy to go twice. So when you pick your order on these events, it's important to know if you think you're going to win or you're going to lose. Because if you're going to lose, it's probably better to go first so you can rest. Because if you're ch- if you the rules of engagement are if your team loses now your guys have to go head to head in an elimination challenge. So Bear Island loses. Now they have they're gonna have guys on their team that have to go head to head in a challenge. And once you lose two of these head to head challenges, you are out. So being wise and being horrible, Joe Moretzko's team they pick none other than Billy Blanco to go first in this head to head challenge. So the guy's already exhausted. He went back to back. He was the last guy to go. Uh, he went had to go twice, and he was the last guy to go in that little team tag team challenge that we had. They pick him to go first in a head to head challenge. And what was the head to head challenge? It was the same thing. I just reduced the yardage, and I was originally going to make them do the whole box by themselves, but that's just not right. So what I had them do was sprint to a slider, slider thirty yards, slide sorry, sprint twenty five yards, slider fifteen yards, sprint twenty five yards. So I, I made it shorter, and I made it three quarters of a box because I'm just I'm just a good guy, Billy Blanco, just a good guy, and I didn't want anybody puking on the field. So poor Billy Blanco has to go first. They pick him to go head to head with Armado. And Billy Blanco hits 27.1 seconds. Guy shot. Just, just bad, bad guys, Billy Blanco. I, I would never do that to you. Maybe I would. But I wouldn't do it to you that in that moment. So he gets 27.1 seconds. First guy, he did pretty well. I'll say this for a guy who, sh- who should have been and was exhausted. I'm surprised he didn't have jelly leg syndrome. And then he goes against none other than Steve Armato. Armato was a guy. I can't remember what his numbers were last year when he did the 10-second slider, but it was... It was pretty awful. Like, I think it, both sliders fell off. It was a disgrace. Anyway, our model's like a new man. Now, granted, he was on that team too, but he knocks it out in 22.8 seconds. So our motto, he gets his first individual win of the season. Uh, he's now, I'm looking at the stats right now, he's now ranked in first place with six points because he had won a tag team last week, an individual this week. So our motto gets the win. But this was a double elimination challenge. So we picked. they picked two other guys to go, Derrida and Hesdra. So Hesdra goes... 
he gets it in 24.1 seconds. So he beats Blanco, not as fast as Armado, but doesn't matter because he's not challenging Armado. He's challenging Derrida. And then Derrida goes, and he gets it in 22.9 seconds. So Derrida also gets his second win. One at a tag team, one individual, and he is tied for first place with a few other guys with six points. So it's it's great. Uh, it's great because Derrida was a big, giant guy who... It was really bad at sliders when he first started, and you could tell that this guy's been working and working and working and working and working and working, and he's gotten faster at those sliders. So, Joe, I love it. I love you that you are trying to perfect your craft. He used to be like a, a powerlifting, tough man meathead, and you could see that he, he is not that anymore. He is trying to feed cats. He's trying to get better. I love it, Joe. I love the evolution. So, that's great. And what's also great is that Hezra is getting better and better and better. So Hezra is this guy, he just showed up in the middle of a Thanksgiving session two years ago, then he joined events training last year, and now he's becoming like a critical focal guy, so Hezra, I love it too, these are good times. The good times have to be exhausted from the first challenge. The other thing the other team did that was smart, so there was five guys that were there, they didn't put Uski in. They didn't put Uski in, because Uski, like Cortese, is a master of sliders. Right now, Uski, you can argue, is the best slider guy ever in advanced training. So I guess their thought was, wisely... Why put him in? He's going to win anyway. We're just feeding him points. And brilliantly, Yuski has no points. So he's never won a tag team challenge. He's never been an individual challenge. He has zero points. It is a, a brilliant strategy. Sorry, Yuski, if, that, if this isn't their strategy and I'm giving them ideas. But it's kind of a brilliant strategy to keep the uh, Christian McCaffrey of sliders, his words, not mine, maybe they're my words, out, out of this. So uh, he's not involved. He doesn't get any points. And maybe he doesn't make the playoffs. Who knows? Could be the uh, the advanced training screw job of 2023. Who knows, Yuski? I don't know. All right, so that is it. That is where we're at. And what I really got to remind guys is that a win is big. You could be in uh, fourth place today and first place tomorrow with a win because you get three points when you win. And also, to everyone, remember that Carpentieri has money in the bank. So we, I was as an advisor to Mr. Fred Carpentieri, I reminded him that, hey, that might have been a good opportunity to pull out money in the bank. Got poor Billy Blanco, who's exhausted. Fred Carpentieri can whip out the belt and say, I'm going. I know our tag team won, but now I'm going against Billy Blanco, and I'm going to get a win because he's exhausted. I'm fresh. Life is good. And that would give Carpentieri not only the three points from his tag team win, but an additional three points for his individual win if, in fact, he beat an exhausted Billy Blanco, which would put him alone at first place. But that is currently not the case. So Carpentieri still has that belt. Don't forget about it, people. The last thing that I'm going to talk about, the great and powerful Steve Armada, who I mentioned before, who got a awesome time on his sliders to a sprint. Definitely, absolutely getting better. I can see the guy training on his own. He sent me videos of, of him sprinting. I love it, Armado. Anyway, he has a, a great podcast. He talks about marketing, which I am, I am awful, completely and totally awful at marketing. I'd say it's my least powerful superpower. I don't have any power at all in marketing. But one of the things that he said was, is like, you should edit your podcast. You should edit them, and you should <laughs> remove like the ums and the likes and all the stupid things that I say in this podcast. He was saying it to me. He was saying it in general, but I was like, man, I don't edit this podcast at all. I just let it fly. I've only times I've edited podcasts when I've had a guest on, and they said things that weren't PG-13, and I had to like do my best to go and like, legitimately cut out the word. But otherwise, we just let it fly. Anyway, I do have to make two edits to last week. Edit number one. I was wrong on two things. One, I said in the Money in the Bank challenge that Carpentieri had lost, sorry, that he won his first card flip in the final round against uh, Galley. I was wrong. He actually lost, and he had to go 40 yards. 
Then Galley lost, and he had to go 40 yards. Then Carpentieri won, and he gave Galley 40 yards, and that's how he lost. So apologies, I was completely wrong in what I said. The outcome was the same, but the journey was absolutely different. So that was wrong. Thing number two. I don't know what I was thinking when I said this, but uh, being a quote-unquote math guy, I was really wrong. I was talking about a stopwatch and what my standard error was, and I was talking about hundredths of a second. And I, I guess I could see in my mind why I was saying what I was saying, but I was completely wrong. I was saying that I was off by one hundredth of a second, meaning at least what it would sound like was if I did my stopwatch and you came in at 22.91, I might click it at 22.92 or 22.90, and that is not right. <laughs> what I meant was was that, and this is really – and I'm looking at this book. It's on my top shelf. That's actually on my second shelf. It's the second level of books that I have. It's called Why We Make Mistakes. It actually goes through why you'll call somebody Sally instead of Shelly. It's not because you're an idiot. It's because your brain is actually making other connections in your head. So what really is going on with my stopwatch, when I tested myself on the stopwatch, is that if, if say, the time was 22.9, that, that I was always hitting, 22.9, 22.9, 22.9. Where I was off was, was the hundredths of a second. It might be 22.96, 22.93, 22.87, right? It was always around that tenth of a second, right? But it was on the hundredths of a second that I was messing up. So, for me, and for advanced training, if the two times are within a tenth of a second, then we are going to redo the event. Whatever the event is, because it's too close to call. So if one guy gets 22.8, the other guy gets 22.9, nope. We are redoing the event. So, that is it. Apologies to our motto. I, I didn't have the, the will to go back in and edit that, but I'm editing myself. I am editing myself. And one day, Armado, I promise you, I'm going to hire you as my marketing coach to market. But right now, this is, as you said, not me, the greatest training pro program that no one's ever heard about. All right, people. Enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Lark Media. Did you ever feel like you had a message that the whole world absolutely needed to hear? You take it, you package it, you bundle it, you send it out there, and then boom, no response. Well, if that's you, don't be disappointed. It might not be that your message is bad. It might be that you're not delivering it the right way. And this is where our friends over at Lark Media can help. These guys are masters of marketing. They've done things for advanced training where they've come in. They've taken documentaries of our work, and they not only captured what it looks like, but they captured what it feels like to be a part of what we do. They've also made motion graphics that we use before and after our YouTube videos. If you need help, please contact Steve at LarkMediaNYC.com. Again, that's Steve at Lark, L-A-R-K, MediaNYC.com. Tell them that Advanced Trading sent you, and they'll take 10% off.